You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 25. Mm. Oh, that was lame. Do oh, it again. It was because, because I, was, I had oh, a drink right before I did it. I'll yeah, it well, you should know the woohoo's <laughs> coming after the intro. <laughs> Go I ahead. I started drinking. Left it somewhere in you. He- Hello and welcome to the pimple on the ass of comic podcastum. It's eleven o'clock comics. I am Vince B. Yay! Hi, Vince B. I'm Chris Neesman. Love you. I'm David Price, and I'm Splash Brannigan. <laughs> no, know him not, Splash Brannigan. He is Jason Wood. Hey, um, Hillary, Hillary will like that. That's why I did a little shout-out to, nice. to your, your oh-so-frequent around comics co-host these days, Hillary Varda. Love I love having Hillary on. He's he's he's, awesome. he's a lot of fun. He was only mildly cranky last week, so he's taken over my spot. So he's the, he's the real cranky old man. Anybody who can draw that well can be as damn cranky as they want to be. Absolutely. You know, Except for John one, Byrne. One of the really, really... <laughs> underappreciated artists out there because Hillary is I, I love his stuff. He maybe um maybe a little too E C comics influenced. Damn you, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it's he he definitely, you know, lights a candle at the Wally Wood altar every night oh, yeah. before he goes yeah. to bed. But yeah. uh he is so good. And and just, he the guy loves comics, which it's infectious. So I think he was born about fifteen years too late. If, yeah. if if he was, you know, he'd be in there with the EC dudes. No doubt. Yep, yep. Hill, Hill is awesome. So. Well, I have a surprise for you men. Really? And, and it will occur during the drink roll call. Unfortunately, oh, it's not a surprise that I intended, but because conceptually I got something in the mail. And if I was drinking what I was usually drinking, it would be this one-two concept punch, but I drank the last yingling yesterday. So I don't have any more wow. of that. But So go ahead. Start. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Drink roll call. Uh, hey Wood, why don't why don't you start us off this week? You know what, Chris? I've been letting you down so much the last few weeks. I thought to myself, I can't. I got to do something a little special. Get get Chris's night going. 
So I am proud to say that I am drinking a Wiley Coyote. Ooh, what is a Wiley Coyote? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> this show is not scripted at all. No. <laughs> you take one part dark Jamaican rum, mm-hmm. one part banana liqueur. Now, that's probably going to be the hardest ingredient for people to get, but not too hard. One part triple B blackberry brandy, and then some pineapple juice, some cranberry juice, equal parts. Mix it in over ice and drink to your heart's content. Wow, that does sound a little bit like uh, getting uh, hit with an anvil. <laughs> exactly right. It's, it's oh, I get going it. down, but all of a sudden an acne anvil on your head in the morning. <laughs> nice. Very, very That's nice. nice. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Price, how about you? Jack Daniels and Ginger Ale. Okay, there you go. Very nice. So we're going to get you some Jim Beam one of these days. I have Jim make... Beam. I'm finishing off the Jack. Uh, okay, well, you're saving the good stuff for later. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. B, and uh, I'm assuming this is not Yingling Lager this week. Unfortunately, no, I'm not. I am drinking. I made this drink up myself just to see how it would taste because you know me. I'm not Mr. Liquor. I just drink whatever's in a can or bottle, pop the top off, and I'm ready to go. But I said in the effort of you know jazzing things up on the, sto- on the show a little bit, I'll Vodka try Vodka and milk. No, but you're half right, though. Oh. <laughs> and since I'm lactose intolerant, you can guess which one it is. <laughs> I am drinking homemade cider and vodka. Uh, really? Yeah, and you know what? It's really good. Interesting. Yeah, I just, you know, took a little shot, but I should be drinking Yingling because I got a little package in the mail today. And at first, I could not read the name on the box. It's all jumbled, and it says, blah, 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 South Carolina. And I said to David, who do we know that listens to the show from South Carolina? And David told me, and I was like, oh, then I put two and two together because this person has a history of Of print. Of illness. No, of being in the print industry. Oh. And what I got was it's a homemade notebook with... Three beautifully hand-bound signatures. It's the binding is hand-stitched. All the signatures are carefully laid in there, beautifully stitched in the binding. But the cover of the notebook was cut from a Yingling case. It's it's awesome. You got to see this thing. And and the end flaps. He cut it perfectly to where the Yingling um, logo wraps around the spine of the book. And then when you open it up, he, he targeted the part on the case that has the history of Yingling, and that's the inside front cover end flap. And the end cover flap is a bottle of Yingling. I'm going to take pictures of it and put it on the forum. It's awesome. And you know who made it? I do. The lovely and talented Wet Rats. Stuart really? Supreme. Yes. Uh, Stuart Supreme. This thing is... And then when I remembered that he had a history of printing, I said, oh, damn, I should have known right off the bat. It's mm-hmm. awesome. You, I'm going to be the envy of everybody on the forum when they see this thing. And I'm going to... Oh, with that, that and a buck will get me downtown on a bus. I am going to write the show notes in this little notebook because that's what I do when we talk about comics. I'll write them down as we talk about them. And... Uh, it, thank you. It's beautiful. Awesome, that Stuart. Is awesome. Yeah. And you, know, and you know, Stuart can write a mean uh, haiku, by the way. Very, ta- very talented haiku writer. All his posts are awesome. They are. And, and while we're on the subject of our forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com, we want to wish a happy birthday to our good buddy, New Mutant. That's something I don't do 
and we should do more of it, is announce the birthdays on the show instead of just going on the forum and saying, hey, happy birthday. That's great. But when we do it on the show, everybody that listens knows that we give a shit. So happy birthday, New Mutant. How about happy that? And, 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 and da- hey, David, what, what's a great way to contact uh, you or Vince um, not on the forum, like an email address? Smoke signals. Oh. <laughs> well, Vince's phone number is. You can... Uh... <laughs> You can contact me mm-hmm. at David at bullpenboltonspodcast dot com. Okay, so everyone that keeps emailing me at Chris at aroundcomics dot com <laughs> trying to get a hold of Vince, email David instead. Well, wait, wait, how come none of these emails are ever forwarded to me? What do you, do you just delete them? I don't know your email address. How do you know my email address? <laughs> Well, all those love letters had to come from somewhere. I got a couple of emails I got to forward to you. <laughs> Nasty ones? No, no, they're they're complimentary. That's why I didn't. Oh, cool. cool. Mm-hmm. All right. I hate that guy. I hate him. That Vince. He's so dumb. All right. What do we? Chris, no. what are you drinking? Yes, oh, Chris. Um, um, <laughs> the whole point of the thing. Shot to shit. Um, I'm a uh, 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 just so. Folks, note with uh, uh, with convention and uh, and around comics and and uh, eleven o'clock. I'm now doing comic shots at iFanboy every other week because I was going a little bit crazy and and the wife was starting to uh, yell at me a little bit because um, yeah I I was starting to get a little cranky. So I'm, I'm going to be doing comic shots every other week now. So this is not tied to a comic book. Uh, it's actually a drink that I had done uh, about a month or two back it's called a godfather and it is uh scotch and amaretto on the rocks it's one mm-hmm. of my my favorite old school uh old old uh italian man bar drinks and uh so yeah so i'm having a a godfather but no uh um uh no comic shots article tied to this one we're gonna pick that up again uh next week actually um uh uh my my article uh for uh uh Tim Rackerich, Freaky Tiki, uh, gave me the the flaming mo. That's tied to Hawaiian Dick, and that will be at at, uh, at iFanboy this week. So I'm okay. a week behind. So so there you go. Go to iFanboy.com. Really. All right, you, we cannot say that name for the next two episodes because you've been bringing him up a lot, Mister Freaky Tiki. God, he's like our honorary member. I'm jealous. <laughs> I love but him. He's a good guy. If we had to have an honorary fifth member, though, I think Tim is deserving. Yeah. You're not kidding. Both Any, he's sexy, oh, you, too. You, you betcha. He's a maverick. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, Vince, have you, uh, Vince, have you seen any movies lately? Why, I'm glad you bring it up. It is time for Vince B. to eat crow. This is oh. why, yes, this is why I should keep my mouth shut until, oh. I, until I have seen something before I go blabbing about, you know, oh, it's going to suck and I don't want to see it. My son loves superheroes and has a fetish for the red box. Have you ever seen the red box? You go to the, the grocery store and they have a bunch of movies. Yes, you can rent them overnight yes. for a buck. Oh. Well, the last time we went to the red box, he almost dropped his drawers when he saw Iron Man. Uh-huh. Sweet. So I rented it for him. He lasted about ten minutes. I, on the other hand, loved every freaking second of that movie. <laughs> and 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 you remember not too well, long ago? I don't want to see that. Blah blah blah. It was excellent. It was so good. Downey was perfect in that mm-hmm. thing. And you, the one of the things I like most about it is they did the necessary origin update to the present day, which 
made perfect sense, but they were careful enough to include a little bit of fact in the update process. Like they were faithful to the origin, but they made it their own, which was really good. Uh, special effects were amazing. I loved Rhodey. I thought Rhodey was an integral part of the movie. I thought it was mm. just, the whole damn thing was great. I would say, in terms of Marvel movies, there is none. There are none better than Iron Man. I mean, what even comes close? Have you have you seen the Hulk yet? No, I didn't. It's um, I okay. I loved Iron Man. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Casted great. Uh, good story. Well directed. Et cetera. Et cetera. Um, the Hulk, the Ed Norton version. I think mm-hmm. better movie. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll I haven't be, seen it yet. So is, that's not out on disc, is it? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, okay. I, and you know, I was looking for the shield in the work the work uh, table, but I couldn't see it. How Captain oh, no, America? Kept, Captain America shield. I'm yeah, I, I couldn't find it. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm I'm not one for um, what's her name, Pepper. Oh, Paltrow. Yeah, I'm not a big Paltrow fan, but she looked mm-hmm. very good in that movie. Very I thought good. she was. I thought she was a great Pepper Potts. Oh, acting yeah. wise, yeah. I'm just talking about physically. I'm mm-hmm. not very attracted to her. But uh, throw she, one up in her. Oh. See, I'd throw one up in you, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm just not all that attracted to her. But yeah, but very good. Downey was fantastic, and really and was. like I said, I should have shut my mouth until I, I saw it, because now I look like a dork. Yeah, I'm a big. It won't be the first. It's not the last. <laughs> yeah, I picked, it, uh, picked it up on Blu-ray, and it's it's gorgeous oh, in that format. Yeah. You know what I I also liked was the credit sequence was really well done. And did, 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 you, did, did you stick around until after the uh, after the you, credits? You betcha I did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I've been waiting all motherfucking day for you. And, you <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and I was talking to David, as we usually do, and we both obviously sat through the credits. Did you know who was a storyboard artist on that film? Hilary Barta. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Platt. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Of Blast from fame. the past. And cool. Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, right. Making making more money doing that. Yeah, all in all, in all, I would give it a solid A. That. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I, but, I remember calling you when Renee and I went to go see it, and as soon as it was over, I called you, and you were you were waiting to hear from the kids because it was the first, I think, day of them taking the bus together. Yeah. And so, I mean, your, your mind was obviously on other things. So I was calling you to, to tell you how great it was. And I could kind of tell yeah, okay, whatever. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And I was just like, all right, well, we'll see. We'll see. But you had, and it was cool seeing who, um, who you know, Iron Man created by. Yeah. And, uh, and it had pretty much everybody's name that worked on those first couple issues. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was, it's... Did you start to put it together as soon as that guy shows up and gives Pepper his card that that the company he works for was eventually going to be shortened to just oh, Shield? Yeah, as soon as he said it. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, pretty. That cool. was just great. I'm. Do you think they're going to make the Avengers movie now? Is that a is that a given or is that just a a possibility at this point? Oh, it's, it's uh, Fat Favreau wants to do it. Wow. Yeah, I think it. I, mean, I think there's some some definite hurdles, but I think they want to do it, but. You know, it'll come down to this next round of Marvel movies. If they're if they're mass successes, then they'll be able to get it done. But sure. you know, it'd probably be one of the most expensive movies ever budgeted. So they they need to you know they need a few more real big winners before they're willing, I think, to commit that capital. But I hope so, man. It'll be awesome. Did, I hope there's a Justice League one too. I, I mean, oh I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you guys watch any of the uh, extended deleted scenes? 
No, I haven't yet. seen the DVD yet. I saw in the oh. theaters. I, I know the DVD came out, I think, what, on Tuesday for sale, so I haven't picked it up. There's one scene in particular that really got me, my eyebrows uh, up in the air. It kind of explains how he got from the States to Afghanistan without yeah. a, a, dir- a direct trip. He, yeah. he, he made up some uh, cock and bull story about throwing a party at his house in Dubai. And mm-hmm. while, while he was at the house in Dubai, then he took the trip over to Afghanistan. So that makes a little bit more sense than if he just took it from the States. But as he's doing it, he hooks up with three women at his party, brings them back to his room. And I'll tell you, these women are smoking. And there's one... Her ass is so tight you can bounce a quarter <laughs> off it. Honest no. to God. Yeah, and, and he makes up some story at the end like, oh, we don't have any glasses. I'll be right back. And then as he does that, he puts the suit on and goes to Afghanistan. But, yeah, the, the deleted scenes are pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah, I'm not going to talk anymore about it because then you know, I'll be gushing. It was great. Really good movie. Good stuff. Worth the dollar rental. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So what do we got? Let's talk comic books. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm going to be Mr. Licensed Comic Character Reading Guy this, oh, this well, week. Let's, let's start with you then. Yeah, yeah. don't start with me. Um, I want to talk about value. Value. Oh. Value. I have a value recommendation. A value rec. Okay. You bought Uncle Scrooge today? <laughs> no? Uh, Not the antithesis of value, but actual oh. value. Uh, I mentioned this when I ordered it when I saw it in previews, and it seems like it was more than two months ago, but maybe it was three, four months ago, but I don't know. But it came in my last DCBS order, and uh, I was quite pleased to see it. Uh, it was the America's Best Comics Primer, which... Oh, yeah. It's a 166-page trade. It was four ninety nine cover price, so I probably paid, what, two fifty or so for it? But, I mean, at four ninety nine for 166 pages, that's pretty much a bargain. You could pretty much have stick figures and some kitschy dialogue, and I think that'd be worth it, but um, for those that aren't familiar, this is basically a collection of um, issues and vignettes of pretty much a cross-section of all of the ABC stuff that Alan Moore wrote, and it's got Tom Strong in it, Promethea, some Top Ten stuff, some other stuff like First American, it's got the Hillary Barta stuff I mentioned earlier. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, talk about a fantastic collection of artists. Um, and obviously you, you can rarely, if ever, go wrong with Alan Moore writing. <clears throat> and it's really fascinating because I, I think I mentioned when I ordered it that I really I didn't read most of the ABC stuff when it was first coming out, so it's all kind of greenfield for me. I mean, I knew some of it by reputation. Um, and certainly, I don't. even though I think Alan Moore is a little bit of an asshole and as a person, I, I think obviously his credentials as a writer are impeccable. So uh, it was really interesting to see just how far and wide <clears throat> the stories are. I mean, they, they, they run from, you know, just raw raunchy, almost banal humor to very serious meta stuff all in the same book. So it, it's really got me intrigued to um, you know, start seeking out some of this ABC stuff in back issue bins and whatnot at uh, various and sundry. Places. It's all good. Yeah, it's I mean, it was good. so... Uh, I can't recommend this enough. I mean, four ninety nine for 166 pages, and I read it cover to cover, and, you know, I, I don't think there was a bad story in the bunch. Um, I, you know what? I even tolerated the Rick Vichar work in, uh, in the oh, story. Oh, so. I disconnect you. I can do it. <laughs> Al, Al, but, uh, I mean, is it safe to say Alan Moore, greatest comic book writer ever, period? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think I probably would have said that uh, before reading this, but, but I, I this, again, even added layer of respect for him now because 
this really is a very eclectic group of stories. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to love an eclectic group of art. Yeah, and it's really great that he... Now, I don't know, maybe you guys know, did he handpick the majority of the artists to work on these projects or not? Because I guess reading it really seems like the artwork really fits the tenor of the story. I mean, you've got, obviously got a top ten. You've got, you know, Gene Hahn, I think, with Andrew Cannon, who you're pretty photorealistic looking, um, and it makes sense for that. Same thing with Prometheus, obviously. Uh, you know, Williams is, is, is legit, and, but it looks very real. Uh, you know, then you've got, you know, the stuff like by Hillary or, or Veach, which, which is certainly a little bit more on the esoteric kind of quirky side, which I think fits their style. So it just seems like not only is it well-written, but it's, it's, the artwork is almost perfectly paired um, with the, the tone of the story. So um, did you guys read uh, any of the ABC stuff when it was coming out? And if so, what did you think of it? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you oh. like it? You need to get the Tomorrow Stories that he did. There's a character called Johnny Future. Uh, it's uh, in here. Yeah, there's a uh, Johnny Future story in here. Well, she's a smoking hot space babe, and the majority of the Johnny Future stories are drawn by Art Adams. Yeah, that, well, no, that, that, there's a story in here, The Halfway House, uh, drawn oh, okay. by, by Art Adams, written by uh, Steve Moore, though. The, the, is, that, is that the one with the M.C. Escher type when they, when they go in the house? All mm-hmm. the oh, yeah. that's a great story. But there there is one better. She gets stranded on a planet, mm-hmm. and Moore goes out of his way to cram the sexual metaphors and just the uh, sexual visual clues down your throat. Like mm-hmm. she she I think uh, if I remember correctly, she succumbs to this uh, psychotropic plant. And okay. the, and the plant is like a breast, mm-hmm. and she's she's sucking on the plant, but it's it's really a breast. And she dreams of all these women who look exactly like her, like ravaging her body, and it, nice. it's it's awesome. It's Art Adams goodness from page one to page. I think it's an eight sure. page story. Unbelievable the detail that that guy puts into his work. Yeah, there's yeah. even a story in there uh, with uh, art by Melinda Gebby who, you know, is his wife now, but, mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't at the time, but, uh, you know, it's a very, very, very sexual story. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I should say, very strong sexual uh, undertone. It's not... Uh, a precursor to Lost Girls. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I mean, I'm curious about that. I, I would imagine this is actually probably done after, right? Because most of this ABC stuff was done in the, in the late 90s, right? Isn't that... Yeah, but Lost he's been working on Lost Girls for... What, yes. well over a decade had yeah it, yeah it, no that's what I'm saying I would imagine Lost Girls was probably at least started before right the story yeah, right yeah that, that yeah. started way back in Steve Bissett's Taboo magazine yeah because I'm looking mm-hmm. here so this stuff came out in '99 through 2004 so uh, yeah so did you catch the Eisner homage in the gray shirt story that the gray all the gray shirt uh, by Veach are loaded with Eisner homages uh, I if it went over my head I guess if I if it was uh. there. Okay. Well, I, that's, honest, I mean, that's not, expected. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't. Again, I don't want to beat up on your boy, but you know, I'm not. I'm just he, his his artwork doesn't do much for me. So I, I read the story, but it was not. Uh, I did not spend too much time dissecting yeah, it. You'll grow know. into it. You're young. You'll, you'll get it. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's good. I'm glad you're reading that stuff. It's it's a, a buffet of goodness. Yeah. Just I, I don't think I've ever read a bad ABC comic. I, I think I, I think once you get into it, Wood, I think you're you'll because our our tastes, believe it or not, I think are pretty similar. I think that you will absolutely love the Tom Strong stuff. Yeah, that I mean that's the stuff that, and they lead with it. They lead they lead with it and they end with it uh, in, in the primer. So I think not probably by you know not by coincidence. Um, um, 
the thing I actually want to go back and read because I just read this today actually on the uh, on the bus ride uh, to and from New York. But um, the Prometheus story was, I think, probably a full issue, maybe even two issues, just based on the length of it. And uh, I need to go back and read that because there was a lot going on there. And it's I good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I, I don't know if I really kind of got everything that was happening uh, in the first read through. <laughs> <Wait. laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah, oh, I know where you're going with it, but um, the, the the one that that you you just can keep peeling back more and more information that just once you start researching characters, you can literally go on forever. Is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That, oh that, yeah, well that's I mean that's yeah. that, I, I never thought of that as ABC stuff because I've read all of that. Is that yeah? What is, is ABC? That, Oh, okay. Well, then I guess I should take back that I never read any ABC stuff because I read all the lead. There you go. Yeah. Wait until you get to Promethea number 32. <laughs> It'll blow your mind. <laughs> I guess i got to get issue it's, number two first. It, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. great stuff. Hey, 11 o'clock comics. Carlos Cordova, Steve Cordova, you on the forum. And I'm just calling. You know, I just I just finished reading some Army, some Army of Love by the masterful Rick, Rick Veach. And you know, I just gotta say, I think it's a shame that I think it's a shame that this seasoned creator who's been around with us as long as Alan Moore and Stephen Bissett and all these other geniuses is just so underrated. I believe that Rick Beach should just be, you know, he should be praised. I think as much as I love Alan Moore, I think Rick Beach is just right up there with him as being such a masterful storyteller and stuff. And then the fact that Rick Beach does his own his, his art is just is not only disturbing at times, but it's just so good and just, I don't know, I don't think he gets the praise due to him. I'll just put it that way. But, you know, Army of Love is it's a fun comic. It's insane. It's, it's twisted. Not, it's not as near as bad as, like, some of his other works, like like The One and Brett Pack and things like that, but it's still pretty damn twisted. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's a fun, enjoyable read. And, yeah, more Rick Beach, people. More Rick Beach. Go read. I uh, can't get no if you haven't read that. That is a, that's a really good book. Um, the gray shirt stuff that he did with Alan Moore, even the stuff, even the gray shirt miniseries that he did on his own, is all amazing stuff. You know, the one sidekick, the Brat Pack. Yeah, sorry, not sidekick. The Brat Pack. You know, any of his dream journal stuff is all. It's all worth it. It's all really good. Go search. Go search. Go read. Go enjoy. And you know, on the whole, on the whole artist referencing that you guys have been talking about over the past few episodes and it goes all the way back to the bullpen bulletin days I remember. So you know, said I have as an artist I have no problem using reference, but there's a difference between I think taking a reference and light boxing over it and just changing something like the hair or something like that. It's different to have a picture that you're drawing from that you're using as a photo reference and changing it up and making it yours. You're not straight tracing it, you're not straight copying it, you're actually just using the picture as a visual style guide, kind of, sort of. The way you would use a color guide, you're just using it as a visual guide. I have no problems with stuff like that, I know. And it has no problem if you get your own models and you take pictures and stuff like that. You know, how many pinup artists have done that in their day, you know? And we still revere them as great pinup artists and stuff. It doesn't take away from it. Not everybody's Frank Frazetta and can draw these amazing, amazing pictures from their mind that look like they were photo-referenced, you know? But even our great fantasy artists like Boris and you know people like that said they use they have their own models who they bring in for photo ref who they use for photo reference. So I think in that aspect, there's I have no problems with it. I only have problems whenever people actually just straight up trace, and it's not even going to the trouble of finding your own models to use or anything like that. You're just simply 
you're just simply swiping it from somewhere that you found some some magazine you're looking through a Cosmo. Oh, I like this girl's face or body style. I'm just gonna eh, get my light box. Where's my book? Where's my paper? Here we go. Yeah, you know, slapping a latex, slapping a spandex costume on it doesn't make it a new picture. But that's where I sit with it. You know, photo reference is okay. It's just to me, it's okay. It, you know, sometimes the stuff comes out a little stiff. You know, sometimes like Alex Ross said, he does these great dynamic pictures. They may be a little stiff, but they still look really good. And you can, you, and you've seen the guys. I've seen the guys' sketchbooks and stuff like that. So he knows how to draw. So it's not. Even though I do think his pencils have a lot more power than his his paintings, but that's usually the case with most painters. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just starting to ramble, and I'm gonna start repeating myself here in a few seconds. So. Uh, photo reference, you know, okay, tracing bad, blah, blah, blah. Alright guys, take it easy. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Bye. Cool. Well, I've, uh, I've said my piece, so what are you guys been reading? David has a theme going in, in uh, his books. Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, you, you seem to... <laughs> no, unfortunately. Uh, Vince, Vince seemed to be grasping for, for the theme, but... Uh, there is a theme. There's there's a throwaway appearance in one comic, and then the other is all about him. I call that a theme. Oh Jesus! Okay, <laughs> well, well no. Woods 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 Boy oh. has has an appearance in Marvel Zombies three number one. Deadpool. Which yes, ah. which is which is actually my pick of the week over on uh, this other podcast I do, and it's uh, it's it's <laughs> pretty. That oh, that would be uh, Marvel Noise. <laughs> and this, if if I I didn't read all of, I didn't finish reading Marvel Zombies two. I read the first series and then I read the one shot, and that was kind of enough for me. I started to read the, I read the first issue of the sequel mini, but it was just more the same. I felt so I was like, all right, I'll just I'll take a break. I read the first issue of the third series, and basically. Within like four or five pages in, I was like, Robert Kirkman, who? This was, this is written by Fred Van Lent, the art by Kev Walker, who's kind of got a little bit of a Sean Phillips feel to it, but he makes it completely his own. And it, uh, what's different about this mini over the previous Marvel Zombie stories is we are now on 616. The mm-hmm. zombies, the zombies are here with, with our heroes and we know it's present day. We know it's happening more or less now because the first page, actually the second page, we meet the initiative team of Florida. And it consists of the Aquarian, Jennifer Kale, the Conquistador, and Siege. So, Boy, they got shafted. <laughs> they did. They did, man. I mean, it's like, what, no man thing? But that's not to say maybe he won't, he won't make an appearance. Um, the it's on last the first page. page. Well, okay, Vince, we'll give you that one. Sure, he's on the first page. And uh, and it's pretty cool the way everything is laid out. Just like we have Shield and Sword, there's now a third member of that team, and it's called Armor. And Armor actually stands for Alternate Reality Monitoring and Operational Response Agency. That's cool. A.K.A. Armor. So, uh there is uh, Dr. Michael Morbius is part of this team. Mm-hmm. There's an there, there's a 
We have Aaron Stack, a.k.a. X-51, the old mascot to Bullpen Bulletins, and Jocasta. So there's a whole lot going on here. The last page is pretty cool. And what the hell reception are we picking up? It's pretty. That's neat. I like it. I, hope it keeps I do, doing too. It. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, that's one issue I recommend. So, so, if, so Machine Man is in this? Yes. Yes. Machine Man want, is in it. I want more Next Wave, by the way. I was but just going to say, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Now, speaking of Next Wave, there's a, uh, in, in the X-Men anthology Manifest Destiny, the second issue, there is a eight-page story with Boom Boom, with Tabitha, and she actually makes a mention, you know, she thinks she's, she's, she's got an ego on her, and she, she comes across this villain who we've never seen before and will probably never see again. It was a throwaway villain for this story. And while Boom Boom's going off about how she was beaten by this this bad guy, she's talking to Beast that she's carrying on, and Beast is in the background because she's carrying on in his lab. And she says, I was in X-Force. I was in Next Wave. And Hank basically says, I'm pretty sure I have no idea what that is. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. Now, now what, what, what book was that? Ma- Manifest Destiny what? X-Men Manifest Destiny. It's the second it's the second part. It's the second issue. There have been two issues so far. Ah. It's basically an anthology of just some of the lesser seen mutants that have made their way out to San Francisco. Ah, neat. Uh and and some not so lesser seen mutants because there's one story focusing on Emma. So basically it's just, you know, some thoughts that some of the other mutants might have while they're out there. Um. But continuing Vince's theme that he says that I have. I uh, I read the third issue of Deadpool. See, yeah, <laughs> that's a theme. <laughs> that's a theme. That's that's stretching it, but right, that's a theme. The uh, the art continues to amaze and astound. Uh, this is this should this should end the Secret Invasion tie-in. I, I haven't seen the. Uh, I didn't see the solicit for the fourth issue, and I haven't seen the cover, so I don't know if if there's an SI banner on it. But if if this ends the way, if you know, if you take it how this issue ended, then with the fourth issue, Deadpool will be Sans crossover. It looks like, mm-hmm. and and uh, and this it you know it picks up right where we left off with the cliffhanger, if you want to call it that, from the second issue with that one particular face we saw that Deadpool was talking to. But this issue really might uh might give someone a kick in the balls when uh, when they get to the last page. Yeah. And, but it's it's just it's really cool. You find out what happens with uh, with Deadpool's clones or Skrull clones or you know scrones. But uh it's it's you know it's cool. It's fun. I uh I think it's safe to say between this third issue with this crossover and the issues of Wolverine Origins that, that Daniel Way wrote that starred Deadpool, I think he's uh I think he's gonna end up with a real good handle on this character. Yeah. And, um I I think I will continue to read it just to see what uh what Deadpool gets himself into and how he gets out of it. I, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not exactly a character that I'm enamored with or someone that I, you know, will, will oh my God, it's Deadpool. I got to get it. it. He's, he's, he's going to grow on me. I think if way keeps this up. Um, but I, uh, I was really, really digging this, uh, this issue. And again, the last, the last page will, uh, might, might surprise some people. And, uh, and I'm I'm interested to see what 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 is said when uh, when they get to it when when people read the issue that they'll be able, well people should just start reading it today so yeah you know I I wish more comics were like Deadpool because 
while it was a secret invasion tie-in of sorts, it was mostly superficial. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was a neat little self-contained story that, yeah, it kind of hinged a little bit on what was going on in the big Marvel Universe, but he didn't have to know Jack about Secret Invasion. It was all explained in, in the Deadpool, which was cool, and it's lighthearted, it's fun, it's it's worth three bucks. Yeah, just, it, I'm going to keep reading it. But the thing that got me, was like, here's where I'm going with this, about the superficial tie-in. Did anyone read Batman 680? I'm almost done. I... I Halfway into right. it or so. I'm just going to tell you one part of it, and it will not ruin anything, but there's a plot point in it that is not explained in the R.I.P. series. It's explained in another book, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where Nightwing's on a table. I had no idea how he got there because I do not read Nightwing, and I expected nothing in the tie-ins to be uh, of any import. Oh, that's what, that's to the, what to the, said. Yeah, but I mean, and it's not really a big deal because because they the, Morrison uses uh, someone's dialogue to explain how he got there. So I know how he got there, but I would have liked to have seen it, and I would have had to buy Nightwing to in order to do so. So it was just a little niggly thing that 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 you know was didn't bother me. It was just like, wow, well, come on, that's kind of lame. In in six seventy nine, wasn't wasn't Robin and Nightwing together? Or I mean, yeah, you're right because I don't. Thinking back to six seventy nine, I don't, I don't remember Nightwing getting captured. Right. I think it had something to do with that torture porn issue, maybe. I, or, or you know that they were the one they showed where there was this like a bloodbath of of the Batman villains ripping apart what looked like helpless women, just really over the top stuff. And it was actually they were actually standing in blood. Did you see that image from Nightwing? <laughs> like, no. like the the penguins got his umbrella and he's choking the shit out of some woman and the joker's there with the blade it's just nasty nice. nasty oh, stuff that's super yeah i mean uh, I, you know that's i i don't know whatever the situation was they didn't have to go that over the top you know grand guignol's one thing but i don't know but it was, yeah 680 was great i won't say anything else about it but it it was really good but for a penultimate issue i mean it's over next issue R.I.P. Yeah, is wow. done as of 681. There's a lot left to explain. I don't. I, I mean, Morrison can do it, but he only has one issue in order to wrap it up. So I don't know. Yeah, you know that's the one thing about Morrison. Sometimes he can he can give Drag a, things out. Yeah, I mean, because I, I guess uh, no. when when is the <laughs> Superman 3D supposed to be? Um, the second issue is supposed to be solicited because I don't. I don't think it was solicited again this month. Which means no, I think that skipped with the uh, Final Crisis. I think right, that but was, I mean, isn't it? Isn't are we getting to the point where Final Crisis solicits are pretty much running, running, finishing up too? Right, but in the books, I think that one was always intended to have a gap between the first okay. and the second issue. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how long the gap was intended to be, mm-hmm. but I know they weren't supposed to be published concurrently. Sure, yeah, uh, I'm kind of ready for Final Crisis to get going again. Yeah, it, it feels like it's been a a really long time since that third issue. Yeah. Well, that off month is, I guess. It's, it's either having the impact it was intended to, or you know what I mean. I think I mean I, I guess that's what they were trying yeah. to. I mean they they intended to take that month off. So I guess yeah, I mean there's it. been some good you know ancillary titles coming yeah. out. I've, I've been enjoying Revelations and and Rogue's Revenge and that kind of stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of ready to to get back into Final Crisis and and see see what happens. That's a good thing, isn't it? What that that you the anticipation you have for that fourth issue. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's going it's moving from anticipation to impatience. Ah, so yeah, well, I could see that too. In a way, though, it's kind of smart because when Secret Invasion winds down, Final Crisis will still be going on. So maybe the attention will swing a little bit over to DC. I don't know. Unless, oh, unless, the, unless Mar- Mar- oh, Marvel, Mar- Marvel will have another big event that will yeah. that this will dovetail right into. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had, I had my there, there, button, will, um, there will be it. no break. <laughs> Shit. Chris was talking about Revelations and, and Rogue's Revenge, and I had my mute button set, man. You should have heard what I was saying. Uh, I made I made a mistake. It's uh, the Boom Boom story is in Manifest Destiny number one, not number two. Uh-huh. Just okay. wanted to figure that out. So now I have officially sullied my notebook page with an error. Thank we'll get you some white out much. for it. Well, no, okay, you know what? The second issue has a uh, juggernaut story in it. Okay, and I'll put that right. in the in the show notes just because you said one thing about it. Well, okay. <laughs> speaking of Fred Van Lente, by the way, he writes a lot of books and never doesn't get talked about a lot. But he, 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 he writes does. a lot of books. Um, comic book he, comics. What, what do you What are your thoughts uh, on the? Uh, I guess this is probably probably mainly for David, but I don't. Know, maybe you guys will surprise me with this one. Um, what are your thoughts on the noir solicits? I'm I'm intrigued. I, I guess I'm going to order at least the first issues because I I'm curious. I, I have no idea what to eh. expect though. Yeah, I'm with Chris. Eh. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's why this is directed towards. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, uh, if you're going to do a noir story, do a noir story. I, what this is going to be like Spider-Man in a noir yeah, well, they're, setting? Again, they're going to they're going to have come on. Okay. <laughs> well, we we don't we don't know yet. I mean, she was she was a redhead and she was nothing but trouble. Yeah, like, what? You know, I'm not if, bad. I'm just drawn that way. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a crime story, don't. I mean, come on. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't. And they'll you know they'll probably be great. I'm I'm prejudging something before it comes out. I know you shouldn't do that, but I, it it sounds a little sounds a lot silly actually. Well, there's a wet blanket. Okay, Wood or David, inform me, educate me on what the concept is on the Marvel noir titles coming out. Well, you're not that far off. I mean, they're taking, there's an X-Men noir and there's a Spider-Man noir. They're four issue limited series. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it looks, at least based on the, the little bit that we see in the in the solicits, it looks like a complete reimagining of the characters as though this were a world of you know noir crime instead of superheroes okay so kind of like if you read uh, uh batman nine lives kind of that that thing um i didn't read it so i, I can't speak to it's, it Maybe david could i don't know it was really basically just kind of like the batman universe reimagined mm-hmm. in a in a uh, like a 19 you know 20s 30s setting with you know gangsters and that kind of stuff where the yeah. you know, no, no superpowers. Same, same characters, but uh, just more of uh, of just a, a crime story. So it's going to be what uh, you know. Peter Parker is just going to be a photographer and and gets caught up in a in a, a gang story or something. Oh, well, I think in, in the Spider-Man case, Peter Parker is actually a 1930s street vigilante. Ooh, I'm not okay. sure that he actually has superpowers. They okay. just show him in uh, wearing sort of a spider-like mask and basically a regular clothes and, and holding a smoking gun um, in an alley, so I don't... Uh, no, that's what I say. I'm curious. I have no idea whether this is, this could be the total suck, mm-hmm. or this could be a really interesting Elseworld <laughs> type of 
Okay, kind of, kind of like that, <laughs> almost like a Gotham by Gaslight kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, it could be good. Well, but Mr. Back Van Lindsay's fr- writing the X Men one, so. And, and because because I don't want to be a total wet blanket, I love uh, Van Lenny. It's um, Wolverine First Class is a ton of fun. And people that haven't uh-huh, read yeah. Action Action Philosophers, go pick up the first one. It is so much fun, and it's educational. It's yeah. edutainment. And he's a hell of a funny guy well, comic, too. Well, comics as well. You know, I will say about Marvel Zombies uh, 3, it, it, Van Lenti has reignited the concept for me because at the end, or I shouldn't even say that, at midway through of Marvel Zombies 2, I was like, mm, I was coasting. Okay, you know, this is kind of fun, but kind of more of the same, you know. But mm-hmm. this, the conceptually, it's it's much different than the first two, and I'm, I'm liking it. Uh, I just have one request for Mr. Van Lenti. Do not kill Aquarian. Or I will, I will, I will steal your glasses. You know, I think you the first don't time I ever with... heard your melodious voice since was um, on another podcast speaking about the Marvel zombies. Yeah, you, that was the first one you listened to. Oh, you don't uh, like me. No, I think I, I hadn't. <laughs> I, I think the first time I heard you speak was when you were on a couple years ago. Uh, I guess it was uh, a CGS episode for. Oh you were yeah, talking yeah. about them. Um, Upco- the upcoming year, or what you wanted to see in Marvel. Or, David was there too. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, although I remember you talking a lot more, so I don't know if that was just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, but you were don't mess about with what was Wonderfolk and uh, Marvel. <laughs> it was Wonderfolk. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with Gerber's characters, please, Mister Van Lanty. Don't kill off Aquarian. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, what else, boys? so we got good stuff this week. What, what, Chris, what did you read? Because um, I tell you, I'm going I'm to be talking about Star Wars, so you're going to have to squench me, squench okay. me, squelch me when I get there. I'll squench you anytime, baby. <laughs> uh, I actually have, I got three books. I have a Marvel, a DC, and uh, an Image book, and I, prob- and I probably won't be able to go in depth on two of them. So mm-hmm. let me start with those. Um, first one, um, Action Comics 870. Have you guys read it yet? I don't no. know. That's the one that came out today? It's the one that came out today. Um, um, it, no, I didn't read it yet. A big, uh, it, it's the Brainiac final uh, or finale, and uh, uh, it was great. Enjoyed the enjoyed the resolution of the story. It had some fantastic character moments, um, but at the end, I won't spoil it for you. But a uh, a major major event in uh, in Superman's life takes place that will. Um, um, kind of changed the Superman universe quite a bit. Wow! So yeah. Yeah. the cover kind of gives it away, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, get in there, and uh, yeah, it uh, it it changes the the landscape of uh, of Superman. Um, for uh, uh, yeah, I, w- I won't say any more. But uh, Action Comics was fantastic. Uh, Beautifully drawn by Mr. Gary Frank. Sorry. Yeah, you know there was one page that uh, that uh, looked a little rushed. It was, um, but the rest of it was, so yeah, and you'll see the page whenever, whenever you, you, whenever you get your copy. But uh, other than that, it was usual Gary Frank awesomeness um, from Image, and another one I won't be able to talk about, but was awesome. This is uh, this is how you get uh, hundreds of people to turn off uh, an iPod is uh, tell them that you're going to talk about The Walking Dead, but uh, I won't spoil it, so don't worry. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
walking. Yeah, seriously, it's like, it's like a magic trick. I will turn off hundreds of iPods. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, no, I, I won't spoil anything. But uh, Walking Dead number fifty three. Uh, anyone that um, um, felt like The Walking Dead had hit kind of a valley in its in its story pacing there for a while, and and where they were in one place for a very long time, and I think a lot of readers were getting kind of bored with it uh in the last uh really four issues the series has has picked up the pace uh they're changing locations moving around new characters are being introduced and reintroduced and uh walking dead is is really good again and i am uh it's it's kind of recaptured some of the early the early issue magic that the that the series had and i think um you know, was, uh, there are a lot of people that either read this in single issues or trades, or in the the uh, the hardcovers, and and then there's the you know the big uh, kind of like absolute edition, which had the first 26 issues, I think, and then there's going to be another one that'll catch it up to like 50. And I'm really starting to get the feeling that that Kirkman has kind of like a three part act that he's doing, and mm-hmm. that we've just just begun the uh the beginning of of his third act and i uh, i'm kind of feeling like walking dead is going to hit about 75 maybe 80 issues and then have some revel- you know some resolution in it and that that's kind of what they're setting up now so walking dead is really good and the last one and then i'll stop bogart and the mic um uh, the Stand, number two ah, uh, yes. of Captain Trips, came out today, mm-hmm. and uh, and Mike Perkins is uh, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Preach. Uh, oh god, his art was better in this issue than it was in the first one, if you can believe that. And uh, yeah, fans of The Stand, whether it's the book or the uh, uh, or the miniseries, this is is a really really nice. Uh, retelling of the stand. I think it's going to be, uh, by the time it's done, I think it's going to be a classic uh, uh, Marvel Illustrated, if you want to call it that. So the stand is awesome. Would you say that out of all books that have reached that 399 plateau, that the Marvel Stephen King themed books are v- probably very much worth the extra dollar? Nah, I, I, I feel, uh, I feel the way. It's. I don't feel cheated whenever I get. Right. I, I hate paying four dollars for a comic book. Hate, hate, hate it. Yeah, but, me too. Um, uh, the art's beautiful. Uh, the obviously the source material is is high quality, and uh, and this is the the adaptation is is pretty fantastic. So yeah, all uh, the, all the stuff coming out of Marvel, their their Marvel's famous author line, are pretty much the antithesis of what I've come to expect from licensed works by famous authors. Mm-hmm. Usually, they're not all that great, but what what they've done so far, the Stand, uh, the Dar- the Dark Tower stuff, the Ender's Game stuff. Have you seen the first issue of that? No. Pascal no. Ferry. Oh, good God! It's Boy. it's. Yes, really? it, it's gorgeous. It, I, I went nuts over his um, Ultimate Fantastic Four work. This is even better. Damn you taking money out of my pockets. And, and it's Orson Scott Card. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Man. some of the best science fiction ever written. Um, uh, Pascal Ferry, and we've talked about it before, I, I think, um, the Adam Strange, the um, Planet Heist. Yes. That's, I, anybody that doesn't have Planet Heist, order that just right now. It, yeah. It, you 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 need to have that 
that collection. If you like anything cosmic or any, if you like sci-fi, you should have that book. Yeah, and he's he's uh, taken a quantum leap in in style over the past couple of years. He was always a, a superb draftsman, but he must be working closely with the colorist. And damn it, I can't remember his name because the melding of the two are just it, it's a, a a beautiful pairing. Just it looks so so natural. I think it was Justin Ponzer on uh, Justin Ponzer. Okay. Yes, Justin Ponzer. Yes, awesome. So can I talk about a little bit of Star Wars? If unless anybody has, you know, else I, I I wanted to, I wanted to to get off track here for just a minute. Um, Do it. Did, did Did any of you guys see the uh, the Saturday Night Live skit of the uh, vice presidential debate? Yes. Yeah. No. Whenever, whenever, whenever Biden, um, his description of Scranton, <laughs> it made me think of, of Vince the entire time. So. But. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I don't know who I'm going to vote for now. I, I'm I'm stuck. I don't know. What was, oh, was, we're not talking what, about that. So yeah, we're not gonna. <laughs> what was the description of Scranton? Um, fairly accurate. I didn't. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I have to send oh, you the link. There. Just, the video's just, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go, cool. Go to NBC. You do like it. I I stopped watching it when uh, Billy Crystal and uh, Eddie Murphy left. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, I was still there. I came back when uh, Phil Hartman and Adam Sandler and David Spade and Farley were yeah. around. But yeah, after they let, and then I, you know, kind of came back again with Will Ferrell on it. But I haven't watched like a full episode. I mean, there have been seasons where I didn't even bother turning it on. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah, I think the funniest thing in the last, let's say, fifteen years, uh, is Will Ferrell's cheerleader. I, I don't. For some reason, I just I think that's that, the funniest yeah, thing. That and the uh, and the husband wife like church organist team. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. All right. Sweaty, sweaty balls was pretty funny too. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Star Wars. Did any of you guys see the uh, Clone Wars movie or the first two episodes of the animated uh, series? Yeah, I saw the episodes. I didn't. I didn't see the movie. My wife took my boys to see that. Uh, but I did watch uh, the first two episodes of the What'd you TV think? show. I uh, loved, loved them to death. Um, oh, I, good. I, I, before you go into your spiel, let me just say what they reminded me of. Um, I haven't read too many Star Wars comics yet, but uh, but I, a, a year or two ago I began buying my son those um, those Star Wars digests, the Clone Wars digests. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they're just there's, each digest has three or four vignettes that focus on one or two different Jedis, and so my son loves them because it's got, you know, just different Jedis, and it's just basically all action. You know, they basically set the scene, plant the Jedis in the scene, they whoop some Jedi ass, and then the story's over. So, you know, not knowing what to expect from the cartoon, I freaking loved the cartoon. It was essentially a cartoon version of those digests. It's, you know, Jedis taking care of business. And and that first, uh, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder, but that first, the the premiere episode with Yoda was the shit. You're not kidding. (laughs) Taking out um, Separatist tanks from underneath? How cool is that? It was badass. Yoda kicks ass. But anyway, David and and Chris, do you know the setup for the Clone Wars? They they made clones. No, 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 no. All right. You have the Republic. Aided by General Yoda, the Jedi, the Clone Army, and then you have the Separatists. Does this pick up after Episode Three? This uh, happens between Episode Two and Three. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, and then you have the Separatists that are uh, spearheaded by Count Dooku. That's the Christopher Lee character, aka Darth Tyrannus. Mm-hmm. The the Droid Army, and, and they're in a desperate race to secure these 
valuable resources and strategic areas of the galaxy that will aid them in the coming war. Because the shit's hitting the fan, and they're all jockeying for position. They, you know, there's hyperspace lanes, trade routes, resource-rich planets, stuff like that. They're just trying to secure their, their spots in the galaxy to better launch an assault. Okay, but where Yoda and the Republic seek this mutually beneficial relationship with the various denizens of these planets, Dooku and the Separatists act like Sith. They're, they're, they intimidate, they blackmail, they murder to secure the areas they need. That's all you need to know about Clone Wars. The Republic and the Separatists jockeying for position in the galaxy in order to get a good foothold in the coming war. Okay? And the comic, which is really cool, it's almost seamless between the television show and what went on in the first issue of the comic. They, they uh, in the first, the second episode, they had uh, Jedi uh, Plo Koon in it. He shows up in the the recently released uh, Dark Horse, the same size as the Clone Wars that Wood bought his son. There was one recent re- shipyards of something. I'm I'm stupid for not re- mentioning it, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Dark Horse Clone Wars number one. Really cool. The uh, Separatists are assuming that the Republic will establish a stronghold in this one system that just so happens to. Uh, be home to the peaceful Togruta, which is the new character, Ashoka Tano. You know, the, the right young Jedi movie, Padawan. Right. Uh, right. Anakin's Anna, Padawan, right? She's Anakin's Padawan. So right. her people live on this planet that Dooku's targeting. He kidnaps the entire colony of people and holds them for ransom because they won't uh, acquiesce to his demands, and leaving Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ashoka, and the, the clones to try and find these people. But Meanwhile, this the commander in charge of the uh, kidnapping, Commander Ugg. That's pretty cool. Uh, did you did you guys see the any of the prequels? Oh yeah, any of them. All right, you, you, sure. do you remember the the restaurant owner, mm-hmm. the alien, mm-hmm. that the big dude? Com- right, Commander Ugg is one of those guys with the forearms. That's and, cool. Okay, this guy has hidden a number of bombs around the city. So if if Obi Wan doesn't. Uh, go along with his demands, he's going to destroy the place. That's the whole issue. Uh, Obi-Wan is negotiating, that's in quotes, with mm-hmm. this Ugg guy and Anakin and Ashoka are going willy-nilly trying to disarm all these bombs. It, but, but it is a fantastic issue. Dark Horse, like I said on the forums, this is if you like Star Wars and you like comics, this is the golden age for Star Wars comics. They can do no wrong. Every one of the Star Wars series are just like buku amazing. The, it, it was written, as I should say scripted, by Henry Gilroy. I'm sure Lucas pretty much delineates everything of the certain areas of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Pencils by Scott Hepburn, inks by Dan Parsons. We know that name. Color by Michael E. Wiggum and lettering by Michael Heisler. This Hepburn guy who penciled it, really difficult task when you're working with a licensed property. He has managed to capture the essence of these characters without... Like conforming to the style on display in the the film and the television show, mm-hmm. they 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 have the the uh, the uh, the uh, air of these characters, but he doesn't take that style as gospel. There's lo- his line work is loose, uh, real energetic line work, and the 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 inks are are great, lush inks, beautiful 
really anim- I, there's the word I, I w- didn't want to use but the, it, they're animated the, the lines move but this Wiggum guy uh. who did the who did the colors he works with a limited palette which is tough to do but uh, and they're all earth tones man the, you will look at this book and say this is a very attractive book mm-hmm. L- I love really if if even if you don't read Star Wars comics pick up this issue because it's almost like a primer of the Clone Wars segment of the 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 star wars um, uh, mythology and that's what's going to be at the forefront for the next god knows however many years uh because lucas seems to be committed to this era of the anakin's life i i just hope he doesn't use ashoka uh tano that's the new character who is i think is one of the best star wars characters to come along since the the episode six this character's awesome. I I really hope he doesn't kill her off to push Anakin farther down the dark path. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you think about it, all the major Jedi in Star Wars have yeah. all lost a loved one. Sure. And where Anakin lost his mother, I hope that's the one that he lost. Because you know, Obi Wan lost Qui Gon, and and uh, Luke lost Obi Wan. Blah blah blah. Anakin, I hope he loses his mother. I hope. Hope, hope that Lucas does not kill this kid off because she is so alive. She's vibrant. We, they need her in the Star Wars universe. I, I hate to tell you this, but at some point she's going to die. I don't think so. I don't. I hope he he well, if he if he does have that planned. I hope he has her get disillusioned with the whole thing and go into exile. Don't kill her off. She's so cool. Well, clearly she's not around because she's not. He he doesn't have a Padawan when he becomes Darth Vader. So right. Well. He has Starkiller, and there's another Jedi who, who met, whose loved one met a very bloody end. He saw his father killed right in front of his face, where Vader killed his father. So, yeah, all the Jedi lose somebody, but no, she's not in the later uh, era Star Wars, but that doesn't mean she's dead. True. She could have gone, yeah, she could have gone into exile. Out yeah. The mountains of, uh, yeah, I, I really hope she sticks around. Oh, one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock, five, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock, nine, ten, eleven o'clock, coming! Ah! I, yeah. I, I gotta give uh, Wood some props on oh. something. Um, it, we've been talking a lot about Max Brooks the last uh, the last couple of weeks because he's mm-hmm. got that graphic novel coming out from uh, from Avatar. I um, uh, got the audio book of oh, okay. World War Z, mm-hmm. and oh my God, was that awesome! Telling you, telling it, you, legit. N- nothing. I mean, I haven't heard like, the audio book, but but the oh, book itself is freaking great. Um, uh, Alan Alda was one of the voice talent. Oh, Henry nice. Henry Rollins. Get oh, out of awesome. here! That's yeah, awesome. It, that's awesome. An amazing cast of voice actors uh-huh. in it, and um, um, I tell you what, you you'll do a better job uh, of this than I will. Uh, if you want to let people know, kind of what World Z, World War Z is is about, kind of the premise of the book. Sure. Well, right. So uh, I guess as we as we talked a few weeks ago, Max Brooks wrote his first book was the Zombie Survival Guide, which was. Uh, effectively a manual on how to survive in a world where zombies are infested the entire world and it's but what's what's clever about it is it's written it's 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 completely uh, written in a very serious manner so it's completely be, serious yeah, yeah. He's, he's, it's a it's a completely legit it's written as a completely legitimate how-to book to survive in this world um, 
and then I guess uh, followed that up. He he put out this World War Z, which um, which I read before. I actually read that first, and then I went back and read the Survival Guide. World War Z is 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 um, effectively a collection of correspondence. The premise is there is an embedded reporter. Uh, the world has has suffered uh, a global a global scale zombie infestation, where where the vast majority of the Earth's population are turned into zombies. Uh, and these zombies are extremely, you know, they're dumb zombies, but they're extremely hard to kill. I mean, they basically don't, you know, they, there's there's hundreds of thousands that have just, you know, they're in bodies of water. You know, they're basically everywhere um, because they can't be killed. So uh, this is uh, years later um, after, I guess, they the Earth has come to terms and finally gotten the zombie infestation pretty much under control again, uh, and they're kind of picking up the pieces of society. So this, this embedded reporter... Um, who at the time was was um, you know, living through all this, he, he gets to go back now because it's over um, and interview people from all over the world um, that had some experience living through the zombie war, um, and it's 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 and he puts it all together as though it's his memoirs, but effectively uh, the book chronicles from the very start of the first outbreak all the way through to the very end of the war um, through the through basically one or two page synopses interviews. Of different people in different parts of the world and their experiences, and uh, yeah, th- think of it. Think of it as like a, a Ken Burns war documentary, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's everything from uh, uh, him interviewing um, soldiers that were on the front lines against the the zombie hordes, or um, uh, fighter pilots, uh, uh, people that were you know citizens that were that were trying to live in the forests. You know, through winners and uh, politicians, scientists, all of these people and their views on the on the zombie wars, and I, it was it was really really awesome. But what uh, the sneaky thing that he does, and why I think Vince would would dig it, is that it really is. It, it's I, I felt anyway that it was Max Brooks's way of looking at, at our world and our world politics and and socio you know economic systems in, in the world as they exist today, mm-hmm. and what would happen if all of that came crashing down and it, it mm-hmm. so and so it has it has some very interesting yeah. uh, you know political uh, political views in it and you know one of the one of the countries that handled the zombie infestation uh, the the best was Cuba because they you know kind of already had control of the population and and were completely prepared to basically lock the lock the country down and take martial law over everything to where in the United States it's because of our freedoms, the zombies just kind of swarmed over the entire country. So very, very interesting mm-hmm. stuff and extremely, extremely entertaining. So Yeah, I, I agree cool. with Chris. I think it's, it's very much a, um, a parable in some ways of class, of, 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 uh, of the class system and, you know, the, the ever-increasing um, bifurcation of, of, you know, a small subset mm-hmm. of extremely wealthy people and, and then, you know, the vast majority of people becoming effectively, you know, impoverished to the point of not really being able to live, you know, much above, you know, survival level. And that's the zombies versus these people. And, and without giving anything away, that, that effectively one one or two countries, well, one country in particular comes up with a very radical plan at the time to survive this. And um, and and it's so successful that effectively all of the, the surviving nations quickly adopt their own versions of this plan. And I think it's pretty clearly a... a, a it, it's the notion of basically... 
the, the rich and the powerful figure out a way to survive at the expense of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's great stuff, and it's such a quick read, and it's uh, it, it because it's written in such a way. It's, it's these little vignettes. It's it's great if you you know just it's one of those kind of books you can just read a few chapters, you know, when you have a minute, and then right come back to it. You know, you don't need to engross yourself in it. And just really, it's, it's I wouldn't say it's a very deep book because you know it's. I think the message is pretty pretty clear right under the service mm-hmm. if you want to see it. So yeah, and I think the audio book was three hours, three four hours tops. So it was a, a couple days commute for me. So yeah, very cool. World War Z, check it out. Word. Well, all the best zombie stories are the allegorical ones, and, and the very best Dawn of the Dead is a statement on consumerism. So I'm I'm interested to read this, and and I think Chris, your question may be answered. Give it a week. I think you'll be able to answer that question. What was my question? About the... Uh, <laughs> what this... happens whenever it all goes to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. give it give it a week. Maybe, maybe a week and a half. It's yeah. going to be gonna be barter town. <laughs> You're not kidding. I will give you one beaver pelt for this comic book. Okay. And speaking of uh, comic books, I have a book here written by... I don't know, maybe these names may be f- familiar to you. Uh, it was created by someone named... Zach Cruz, oh, and uh, another guy, uh, Cameron Merkler. I'm familiar. <laughs> now, Cameron, isn't he really only creator in name only because he kind of financed it for Zach? Isn't that right? Well, it it just says um, created by Zach Cruz and Cameron Merkler. Uh, so, well, if get the story uh, from Zach on that. Our buddy Zach wrote it. Right. Uh, art art by Zu Z E U, colored by Javi Lapata. And lettering by Chris Studebaker, and it is the contingent mm-hmm. number one from Mindstorm Comics. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? As a first issue, it's an awesome, awesome start. Very, I don't want to say surprising, where as to doubt that Zach could be capable of a book like this. That's not my intention. Very surprising how actually good it was. It was awesome. Um, the lowdown. It, you get a flashback in the beginning, uh, 15 years prior to the events of the, the main story. A woman dies giving birth. A, a woman in Bolivia dies giving birth, leaving her husband to raise the child alone. Okay, The father descends into this drink-fueled depression. Uh, the boy, uh, named Miguel Francisco, he starts to manifest strange extra-human powers, which brings him to the attention of this Mr. Forky guy who is recruiting children for a, uh, I guess you can call it analogous to the Professor X's gifted school, f- uh, school <laughs> his gifted school, his school for gifted youngsters. It's called the uh, Uriah Stevens School. Uh, and what the, the whole gist of the school is, they, they seek to train these powerful children in the use of their, their abilities and to safely use their abilities uh, to help mankind. Unfortunately, at the end of the issue, that uh, goal gets pretty much shot to hell in a brutal scene where one uh, superpowered youngster uh, unleashes a little bit too much energy. Let's just put it that way. A really Blows neat load, book. Pardon me? Blows his load, in other words. Uh, it's a her. I, I ah, think it's a her. Her. Yes, okay. it's a her. And <laughs> no. But uh yeah, really cool. And and I think it's a it's a grittier take on on the whole um children with superpowers uh, as evidenced by the ending 
there are consequences to having the buku amount of power, as you'll see if you read this. And uh, it most of the issue just documents the child's journey from Bolivia to the states, and he's just in awe of the the uh, the riches of our of our country. Uh, obviously, this was written a while ago. Um, and he's brought into the school, meets a couple friends. It, it's it's an introduction into this universe. There is a hell of a lot of potential for this series. Sweet. Yes, I, and I hope it's long running because I've I, this Miguel uh, boy. I kind of latched onto him. He's a naive little guy who has had a very hard life. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father probably blames him for his mother's death. He's he's floating in a bottle most of the time. And uh, lives in squalor, and this man comes and takes him out of it. Uh, kid didn't really have a choice because the father doesn't care if he's alive or dead. So he, you know, hedges his bets, goes to America, and is trained in his powers. Great, great start, Zach and and uh, company. Congrats I liked it. And there's Zach. there's a backup story. Mm-hmm. A character called Scuba Frog, agent of Toad. This thing is really cool. Picture, try and visualize a cross between Jules Pfeiffer and Von Baudet. And that's about, that's about what you'd get from the style. Really neat. I don't, it's not a funny animal. It's a whimsical style. Really cool. And when I bought this issue, on the backing board that came with it, I got an original sketch by Mr. Ben Teed, who draws the, uh, the uh, frog story. On the back of the backing board. It's really neat. And that's a nice little perk. That and is I think, great. I think I paid basically less than a buck for the issue through mm-hmm. DCBS you get with a sketch. And a and the, the thing has a three fifty cover price. Well now, did worth Did you order it. this from DCBS? Sure did. Dude, I completely missed it. Where, what, what, so this is, what, two months ago it was solicited? Yeah, but if you um, look at your specials for this month it's still there oh i'm gonna have to order it yeah i'll do so it's, yeah, it's really good and zach was also pimping it for a while now so i mean he even threw out the order code he said you know yeah all right make and it's impressive. Impressive. <laughs> hey buddy we got a forum you'd be nice if you stopped by every once in a while that that's his Dude, job I'm that's on the forum every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you you have to give him a little bit of leeway because this is not his month. Yeah, I, mean, I, you know I have what I mean? to give him a little bit of leeway. He comes here every Wednesday night, but I'm supposed to give him a little bit of leeway. <laughs> well, he's our brother. You, I, you know, that's why he's got compassion it. for you. We all have oh, to work together. I to love him. I love him. But from eleven o'clock on a Wednesday night to whenever we finish here, no, fuck that. Heels <laughs> are on and the gloves are off. All right. You, all right, you've been I'll, getting older. Your damn book. You've been getting actually, in people's uh, faces every episode, Mister Price. I know he's he's up, he's out of he's like our little. I'm I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting for this dude Dave to show up that people keep calling in and asking about. I don't know who the hell this fifth member is. <laughs> Zach, tell everybody associated with the book and yourself you've done good. Right. I you know, like I'm, it. I'm actually gonna see Zach in two weeks. Two weeks from Saturday. Wow, really? what's, what's, what's going on what's, two weeks from Saturday, Chris? Yeah, two, two weeks from Saturday. That would be October 25th at the Center on Halstead, uh, the Windy City Comic Con. And uh, Zach said he's going to come up from uh, from Indiana 
to uh, to come to the show. So uh, anybody, y- y'all have already heard about it. So uh, if uh, if you want more information, go to windycitycomiccon.com and, uh, and, and buy your tickets because we have uh, gift packs for the first mm-hmm. 500 uh, reg- pre-registered uh, guests and, uh, and people at the door. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm a little worn out right now, but mm-hmm. getting excited. So well, let you, me just uh, say that uh, mm-hmm. your, your, your co-host extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Caters, is uh, in his usual hilarious self, uh, had me cracking up when he was... Uh, when he took over for the uh, Windy Cindy uh, Comic Con <laughs> talking about how it was just uh, looking at near manly masculine Wrigley Field. Uh-huh. It's, it's a, it is. It is a very. It's a. It's a. It's a completely heterosexual show that we're that we're having this year. And so, for those who don't know, uh, the the center on Halstead is kind of like smack dab in the middle of of what we call here in Chicago as uh, Boys Town, and uh, it's it's two blocks from Wrigley. But that is that is really kind of the uh, the center of of the gay part of Chicago. So it's uh, it's it, it's it's a great part of the city. But uh, yeah, it is it is it is very it's a very colorful neighborhood. We'll just leave it at that. So cool. There's nothing wrong with a couple trannies walking around the, the show just to brighten things up. Come on. Oh, hey, it's gonna be, be like a it, living David Lapham book. Cool. Let me, let me tell you that the cosplay there could get really interesting for a convention. <laughs> so we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. So be excellent. Well, let's hear from somebody else. I have another one I'd like to talk about before we wrap this up. All right. But I want to I want to hear something from somebody else. Well, uh, I just want to pimp a couple things in, in this month's previews from, from people we either uh, adore or are friendly with. Just real cool. quick, just some shout-outs. Um, on the forums, the forums apparently that I never go to, um, I, I mentioned this, but I actually got it wrong, so I want to clarify. <laughs> um, you know, I've talked many times about my love for Dynamo 5 and uh, one of Jay Fairbairn's books, and I guess soon to be his only ongoing book, but um, <laughs> it, it, the artist has been, from the start, um, a guy from Turkey named Mahmoud Asrar. Uh, this was his first comics work. Um, it, it's not going to be his last because he's he's damn good. Um, I had also gotten an original sketch from him at New York Comic Con. Got to meet him. He's a pretty cool dude. Um, he is in the this month's previews uh, or in the online Marvel solicits. He is penciling a book um, called She Hulk Cosmic Collision. I had said on the forums the Fantastic Four Cosmic Book, but that was a mistake. It's actually the She Hulk Cosmic Book, uh, cover by Stefan Sedgwick, another favorite of Vince's. Um, pencils by Mahmoud and written by Mr. Peter David. So, um, nice. to me. Uh, so Jesus, for him. can that guy write any more books? I know, right? Uh, they're all good, Jeez. though. Yep. I'm not. T- yeah, I mean, not just talking comics, novels, and, and oh everything. yeah, true, Jeez. true. And then the other shout out is also a Marvel book, and we have also talked about this in the past, but it's finally here, which is um, Mr. Scotty Young and the Wizard of Oz is uh, solicited this month, the first issue. Yeah. God, I'm tired of hearing about that damn book. Do yourselves a favor and order it. It looks beautiful. And uh, Wizard of Oz, for those that, that have only seen the movie, it's actually a, f- a fantastic series of books as well. So Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I don't think there's anyone in the world that is more excited about that coming out than Scotty. I think he's, uh, he's really poured himself into that series. So mm-hmm. expect awesomeness. Right. Yeah, 50% off at DCBS. Hey, there nice. you go. <laughs> you betcha. How right. could you go wrong? And, uh, I'll let, uh, I got go hit ahead. with a. Go ahead. I got hit with a jackhammer this month in my my ordering. 
There was so many cool things coming out this month. The Guardians of the Galaxy hardcover, the Nova hardcover. Oh, I got Blitz, the Swamp Thing hardcover. It's just like too many collected editions, and all of them were great. Marvel Apes? Uh, no. The, uh, the Ted McKeever Volume 2, I could not say no to that. Bean World hardcover, yeah. the Eerie, the first volume of the Eerie archives. Yeah, Good Lord. Good. Yeah. Look at you buying all just, hardcovers. Well, it's the only way they're offered. I kind of have to, and 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 I'll tell you, a lot of them were were marked down to the par- point where if I waited, I would never get them at that price again. Sure. So who's yeah. putting out the eerie hardcover? Dark Horse. Okay, it's to go. Is it the kind of the same exact format as Creepy? Exact same format. Yes. Nice. First five or four issues, I think. Four <sighs> or five issues. Yeah. Too much stuff. Picked you have nice to get it. Today, the um, uh, Hellboy uh, Library Edition Volume Two came out today. Oh, you got that? Very I, nice. I, I can't resist that. It's. I walked yeah. in and, and Beatty was like, "Yeah, I got one right over there for you." I was like, "Thank you, Mister Beatty." And it, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's uh, what I'm figuring. Um, figuring they're probably going to do one more of these. The that that should pretty much wrap up the the Hellboy stuff, shouldn't it? If they get mm. what, what what series are in this? Oh, this is uh, I believe Chained Coffin and Right Hand of Doom. Yeah, oh, those, yeah. Those, those are the two, and then like the rest of the of the they did Seed of Destruction and Wake the Devil, and this is Chained Coffin Right Hand of Doom, which leaves Conquer Worm um, Strange Places. I I don't recall that one. So is this? Are these hardcovers limited exclusively to the Mignola Hellboy? Like, would the the uh, Richard Corbin Macoma thing be in there, even though it was written by you Mignola know, but drawn all, by Corbin? All they have listed here is the stuff that's been traded. So I think those the the like the two issue uh, M- Macoma was two issues, right? Uh, yeah, two or three. There, there's been a yeah. lot of those those one shots and two issues. I don't know if those were if those were collected in like the Troll Witch and others and, mm-hmm. and some other stuff here. But I figure they're probably good for for one more of these of these library editions. And that's I mean three three of these is going to be a nice little a nice little collection of, of oh yeah because they they are some of the most beautiful um, oversized hardcovers that are out there. Just you know with the linen. Um, uh, covers on them they're 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 gorgeous so and in, in your opinion mm-hmm. mignola aside who is the best hellboy artist Ooh, uh, who, who captures uh, what that, that feeling that that uh mignola laid down in his stuff um you know i i love guy davis's stuff in bprd yeah. i don't think that really captures the the mignola feeling um i think as a setta is has got a mm-hmm. that that really nice dark creepy feel uh to his stuff but uh there's a couple other artists who did the um um oh shit it's one of the one of the minis that came out i mean there's 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 a couple guys out there that you know i don't want to say that they're that they're aping Mignola, but i mean their styles are really really similar um, I tell you, a guy, a guy that I absolutely loved and uh, did the uh, the Abe Sapien miniseries, and that's Jason Alexander. That guy oh, yeah. is—he is a fucking stud. You're not kidding. 
the, the guy that really impressed me and surprised me at the same time, I, I never expected his style to fit the Hellboy universe, Duncan Figredo. Yeah. Oh, good! His was his miniseries was beautiful, and um, if you if you've read uh, the Enigma, do you ever, anyway? You read that Vertigo miniseries Enigma that Figredo did way back when? No, no. He he has kind of a Sinkevich kind of style. It's very very loose, but which does fit in the Guy Davis vein. But it's more of a illustrative very precise style and I, I didn't think it would you know work all that well with hellboy but holy mackerel it was great who's he pulled it off who's going to be doing the uh, bprd 1947 is that is it the ba and moon are those is, does that oh, sound right that, has that been solicited yet i don't think so it's, it's been announced really oh yeah, yeah. i don't know uh, the one is currently doing Umbrella Academy. The other, not uh, Bob's doing it this time, right? And then, aren't they both doing writing and illustrating it, a book? I thought they're doing a lot of stuff. Those guys, those guys are busy. So basically, don't expect Casanova for a really long time. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Well, Fraction's yeah. busy too. Yeah. You know who I'd like to see do Hellboy? Eduardo Rizzo. Oh yeah. Maybe after maybe after Hundred Bullets wraps up, get him on a Hellboy miniseries. Woohoo! Five issues to go, right? I, I'm all a tingle. It's yeah. Or did ninety did ninety six come out today? So there's only five st- bullets left, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, bu- 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 uh, uh, yes. Uh, Gabriel Ba is going to be doing uh, with uh, with Dave Stewart on colors and uh, Josh Dysart who uh, did BPRD oh. nineteen forty six. So um, that is going to be awesome. I'm on it cool. like a bonnet. <laughs> That's uh I, I while, while you're in the, in the rapping there. I I was thinking about you the other day. I was I was flipping through the channels and there was this hip hop awards show or something. Uh-huh. And normally I, I would never you know linger too long. I you know, I just want to see what was going on. But mm-hmm. they they had segments where they would give it up for legendary performers and mm-hmm. as soon as I saw Public Enemy was going to be on I said, "Well, I got to stick around and watch this." There you go. But they gave it up for PM Dawn. <laughs> okay. No, not. No, I'm sorry, not PM Dawn. Oh, uh, uh, three foot high and rising. Oh, um, De La Soul. Okay. Yeah, De La Soul, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is cool." Cypress Hill was on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching it. I was down with it. It was. It was. New Mutants happy here that on his birthday he's, he's a big it, it, fan. Of that, that's kind of why I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it was okay. It was all right. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I, I'm getting a knock on my well, door. They weren't, they weren't Hello? With their hands? Hello? What's the matter? Oh, special oh, guest. Children. Yeah, special guest. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Hurry up. Say shout. What's the matter? Are you tired? No? Why don't you go back to bed? <laughs> you little wacko. Close the door, buddy. Don't pee in the hallway. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead. Don't Don't close it on your feet. There you go. Special appearance by my son. Sleepyhead. Yeah. The, the, the one night I was, uh, he got up in the middle of the night and he was so disoriented. He's in the hallway and he pulled down his pants. I said, what the hell are you doing? He thought he was in the bathroom. He's in the freaking hallway. What's that about? You know, he was he's following dad's lead. lead. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, you know, I always just be in the hallway. What the hell? <laughs> Over there's carpet. I got another book to talk about, but I don't think you guys are going to want to hear it. Uh-oh. I did a dark horse. 
I did a. Do you own stock in Dark Horse? You love I like, Dark Horse. Unlike I love other. their books. I really hey, do. I oh, love their uh, books. Real quick, uh, in the league, uh, Eric Kennedy is awesome. Yeah, Came out today. I, yeah. Came out today. You got He's that, good. Right? He he makes yeah. pretty he makes pretty pictures. <laughs> it's true. I, I hope it's enough to keep Enley going. I'm not sure it is, but I hope so. I think it's going to be fine. Hope so. I yeah. think it'll find a new audience. I hope hopefully. So. I hope so. Yeah. But okay, I did a I did a um a Mindstorm, a Dark Horse, an IDW book. Now as soon as I tell you what it is, you're gonna be like, Oh Jesus, I gotta sit through this. Transformers animated. Dude. <laughs> I love come on. Christ. There there are lines that should be crossed and not crossed. Oh I did. have you ever seen the cartoon? It's brilliant. The 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 character designs are amazing. No? Nobody nobody no love for the Transformers? Did you see the movie? Yes. With with Shia LaBeouf. That is the the worst representation of the Transformers ever. <laughs> they, they were all kibbled out with all these bullshit hanging off them. Simple works. Simple works best. And that's what the designs for this new series are. They're very simple, very classic designs. Is it based this on comic the is, Yes. Yes. It's yeah, a, it's I got a re- my son, uh, my younger son, a couple of those Transformers because they're really easy to transform. You know, oh not. yeah, the activators ones. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're cool. He freaking loves them. Yeah, and well, and the designs are awesome. Yeah. I I love Transformers animated, and yes, I paid three ninety nine for an IDW book, but is worth every penny. I'm I'm just not going to talk about because you guys are all like <laughs> cool in it. Look at you. We have to give you shit guys. every once in a while, man. Yeah, Come on, see, have, I I'm we have to be honest. The inner child in me embraces Star Wars, Transformers, GI Joe. It just makes me feel like I'm a I'm a kid again. And I did you see? I just find it hilarious that the, that Mister Anti-Establishment gets raging hard on for for licensing the giant corporate properties. Dude, don't get him started. Forming knots. Tra- oh yeah, transforming robots. Those two words, perfect together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Well, transforming well, robots. Cool, like the change bots. Incredible change. Yes, the the um, the trailer at Top Shelf is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I only wish that the figures were a little cheaper. Yeah, yeah. because I, I think I'm I'm out of my phase of paying you know sixty bucks for a piece of vinyl. But you I don't are, think really? they're. Yeah, it's well, dude. Do I have to tell you about the economy, <laughs> dude? <laughs> you don't, but I, I thought you were Mister Independently Wealthy. Me? Oh, I'm no, I'm not the one with the eighteen hundred dollar freaking bar tab. Dude, that was back before I was. Uh... I I saw that on the forum that, and I said, wait a minute, he, there's an extra zero on there. You know, I don't spend that much in liquor in like ten years. Dude, it was a different time. I was a, I was young in Vegas with we were single. Well, I wasn't single, but uh, I was with a bunch of single other guys with money and no responsibilities, no kids, no mortgage. Well, well yeah, that's time. still. I just still wouldn't spend that much. You mentioned the comics you can get for eighteen hundred bucks. That's how I think. I, you can get one comic for eighteen hundred bucks. You could, if you want. Well, yeah, depending on which one you want. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm saying it's all relative, right? I've I guess. The final website. Since you told me about that, there's some pretty fucking expensive little pieces of. Uh, oh, little, you uh, are not shit. Monsters that you can pay for. And too. and that's the thing. It's just like it, the the whole uh, variant cover. Aesthetic that has plagued comics for the past whatever many years has spread into the vinyl toy. Uh, I don't want to call it. Yeah, it's an industry, whatever. 
where they'll do one mold of a of a, a character and they'll paint it a certain way, and then they'll do twenty more of the same character in just different color schemes. Sure. That to me, lame. That's mm-hmm. that's lame. And and there are many people that'll buy into it. Same thing with the Transformers. They'll they'll do a, a how many different Optimus Primes has there been based on the same freaking mold over the years? It's like, well, the GI Joe figures. I know. I was a, as a kid. I I love those GI Joe toys. And uh, you know the was it three and three and a quarter and whatever four. I don't, I don't know, yeah. The small ones. Um, and there's a website now that 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 has a, every figure ever made. And uh, um, I, you just Google that. It's like yojo.com or something. But uh, but if you go to it, it's fascinating because they have every figure made, and it, pretty much they're all molds of the same figures. I mean, it's just like, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, 20, 30 different figures are basically, you know, the same torso along with a different top and then, you know, a different paint job. It's, uh, yeah. As a kid, I didn't you know. know but not Scarlet. Scarlet. Uh, <laughs> unique. <laughs> Lady J was always my favorite. While, while you've brought up G.I. Joe, on uh, Newsarama right now, uh-huh. there is an, there's an, well, they're, uh, Devils do, um, not Devils do. IDW is pushing the uh, the GI Joe pretty hard. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, um, I heard Andy Schmidt talking about it, and uh, I have to say, it sounds pretty cool, man. I, I yeah, I was a little leery about it. the idea of another reboot because we just had a. It seems like we just had a reboot from Devils do, although I guess that was quite a few years ago now. But um, it is going to oh, be yeah. a reboot, but it does sound pretty cool. It looks like they're going to try and you know modernize a little bit, uh, you know, contemporary. To make a little more contemporary the uh, the origin, yeah. but um, I think it's the logical thing to yeah. do when, when you have a cast of like fifty characters. And they're actually, I mean, they're gonna they're having some balls. I mean, they're putting out three books. One yep. of the books is gonna star Chuckles, which cracks me up because I mean, <laughs> talk about an obscure GI Joe character. Um, but I guess you know Chuckles was was an undercover agent, and they're gonna have him undercover in Cobra. Um, so that's a ballsy thing. I mean, to put out a book right at you know, you just get the license and you put out a book with Chuckles as the star. That's well, they're they're gonna they're gonna try and piggyback on all the movie stuff. So, oh sure, but I'm just saying. I mean, that's not exactly a recipe for instant sales success. I mean, if you're gonna put out, a, you think maybe put out a Storm Shadow book or a Snake Eyes book or something. If you're gonna focus on one character, putting out a Chuckles book, I think is is uh, is at least uh, coming at it from a, a little bit of a different angle than you would. Uh, yeah. Good for them. But Good for them. Th- there's a there's a preview uh, image of GI Joe Cobra number one mm-hmm. variant cover by Gabriel Delato. Oh, is it <laughs> is it sweet? It is beautiful. It's it's everything you would want in GI Joe. Nice. Yeah, it's great. That's goodness. So there you go. So now we've 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 covered all of the vintage toy lines. You got the GI Joe, the Star Wars, and Transformers. Did we miss any? Chris uh, Star. Well, Shane Kelly would be <laughs> screaming right now. Though I didn't mention Mask. Kind of uh, no. <laughs> yeah. What's the Remender's doing a book um, based on kind of like a, a, a the B list GI Joe characters? Uh, oh yeah, you're the, right. Um, what is the name of that? Uh, yeah, it was like the uh, the it was like the Bobo knockoff version of GI Joe toys, but mm-hmm. they ended up being pretty successful over the years. In their own oh, right. the core. The exactly. Core. Yeah, the yeah. core. Yeah. Right? yeah. And is that uh, who's putting that out? Is that? I would I'm, think devils do. <laughs> That'd be kind of you know, funny. It is. It is TDP. Hilarious. There you <laughs> That's go. That's exactly who it is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you know, Brick's a good writer. So you know, yeah. Hell be, yeah. And, and I, I heard a, oh, it may have been a word balloon interview that he's like, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, 
I'm paraphrasing. He, he basically uh, didn't take it very seriously until they said, hey, you can do whatever you want with this book. You have a blank slate to work with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's not tied to any continuity, doesn't have to, you know, worry about, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote licensing aspect of it. He gets to basically go in and write the story that he wants to. So it's a mm-hmm. different little sandbox for him to play in. So, hey. yeah, good. Cool. Wait, I have one bit of Transformers trivia before we move on. And and David will love this. You a Transformers Two? fan, David? No, but he's a person. He's a fan of a person yes. who... All right. Now, there are two comic book luminaries that are responsible for making the Transformers what they are, what we as we know them today. Okay. Name those two people. Stanley and Jack Kirby. No, come on, seriously. Uh, Think about the time it came out. 80, 83, 84? Uh, oh, um, okay. Um, Jim yeah. Shooter. Yes, that's one of them. Jim Shooter was respo- Jim Shooter was responsible for the whole concept of the Autobots and the Decepticons. Is the other person another editor, a writer, an artist? Writer. Larry M. Bob Budiansky. That's right. Yeah, it it, would, it was originally offered to Denny O'Neill, and he and they he he returned stuff that they did Hasbro was not pleased with, so they handed it off to Bob Budiansky, and they went nuts over the stuff that he came up with. <laughs> Character names, yeah. How about that? Yeah, because Ghost Rider too, was done. Too, yeah, yeah. That right. that doesn't Transformers does not feel Denny O'Neill to me. No, no, That's, no. Yeah, no. It's Denny wrote stuff that was too dark and political at the time. I love Transformers. Let's move on. It's good stuff, dude. Bulkhead rules. <laughs> Go ahead. Do we have anything else? I, I, we should. I have a homework assignment for everybody. Oh, homework. Yeah, what do you mean? Well, we, we started this um, like two months ago when we did it, and then we didn't do it last month. So I'd like us to do it for next week if we could. We, we had said that we were going to each recommend um, an independent book that uh, we thought looked interesting from previews. For people to check out. Um, oh, okay. I have one. Book that, uh, yes. Uh, so does it have I, to, well, I, I, okay. I say homework only because I, I don't even know which one I, I'm going to recommend yet. But uh, I just got done looking for previews. Um, so I, I, but I, I definitely think we should do that before everyone else to get their orders in. Cool. Okay. So, or Chris, that means you have to take a small press book from, from uh, somewhere, buddy. Not previews. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to have some issues with that. <laughs> Well, I ha- I have one that somebody can read, and I think it's probably available for reorder. But it's it's through through Diamond. Any of you guys check out the new Love and Rockets number one? Huh? Not yet. No. I've oh been... my God! Is it great? No, no, is it is it is it Jamie or Gilbert? Both oh. of them, and it's Gilbert. and Mario too. You mean Jaime? I'm. Yes, it's Jaime. I, I don't want to correct him because then he'll get all nuts. Because I'm an American. It's back to square one. For Love and Rockets. You don't need to know anything about Hoppers or There was Palomar. a Love and Rockets crisis? It, it's really cool because if you know your Love and Rockets history, Jaime started off doing the Maggie the Mechanic stories where Maggie was this globe-trotting, sort of a superhero-type character. Well, he abandons all of the Love and Rockets characters save for Penny Century and Angel, and it's a super. It's a fifty-page superhero story where these these this th- group of th- three superhero teams, and they're all populated by women. 
the artwork will blow your mind. Is it uh, uh, Fanographics? Yep, yep. No. It is so good. And uh, Gilbert, there's no Palomar in it at all. Really? Not, yep, none. Not, not at this point. And, and his stories are very surreal, extremely so. Uh, a lot. There's a lot of uh, conceptual things in them uh, about resurrection and rebirth, and it's just wacky, crazy stuff that'll just mess you up for days just thinking about it. But Love and Rockets number one was amazing. Had you been picking up the uh, the uh, new tales of Old Palomar? I have uh, all. Th- was it two or three of them? I have uh, some of them, but I haven't read them. Bu- 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 I think it's three of them. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah, well, they're great. They're fantastic. Oh yeah. However many were published, I have them, but I haven't gotten around to reading them. But this this new Love and Rockets is the same formula. Uh, sorry, the same format as the uh, revamped Comics Journal that that square bound book sh- oh, okay. shelf sure, sure. format, and it's a hundred and some pages for fourteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. You can't, can't go wrong. Beat that. Can't beat that. Story straight through. Yeah. Oh, and uh, even even like I said, even Mario, brother Mario, gets in on it. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, folks that haven't read Love and, Ro- Love and Rockets, it's, it's so good. It, yeah, I, I love that. Um, another uh, black and white independent that uh, came out today, the Queen and Country Definitive Edition Volume 3 came out. Nice. Yeah. Um, if you are either an aspiring writer or somebody that's just interested in in the writing process of, of comics, um, half of the of this uh, edition is a uh, uh, Ruckus script book for like the first five issues, I believe. So, ton of ton of uh, of scripts and. Uh, preliminary art and extras so this is really kind of the the big extras volume out of the definitive editions so really cool good. i'm i'm behind i only have the first one. Oh, catch up yeah. this this actually finishes out the um the complete queen and country regular series it it, uh, it ends oh, with cool. the red the red panda arc which is uh, the one that chris somni did this mm-hmm. is the definitive edition that has uh, mike norton's uh, story arc so if you're a if you're a norton fan and i think it's some of my favorite uh, stuff that mike has done uh was in queen and country and um uh, so it finishes up the the main queen and country series and i'm guessing uh that there is going to be a fourth volume and it will reprint all of the uh declassified stories that hasn't been announced or confirmed but uh but i've got uh, a sneaking suspicion that uh, that they're going to do that a fourth volume with all the declassified stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Norton's Wonder Woman in Trinity number nineteen, which came out today, mm-hmm. gave me a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to an earlier statement, I would give you a chubby. So I don't know if that's saying much. Well, the chubby I got from Wonder Woman was much bigger and thicker than the chubby <laughs> I was getting. Much more sustainable. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it had, it had staying power. So great job, Mike. By Trinity. Always. Yeah. Yeah. He does good freaking work. Well, should we wrap it? Unless David wants to no, push No, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it because I don't think, I don't want to end on a downer because you gave me a homework assignment and it's not all positive. So we'll leave, wow. we'll, we'll leave that to What was, well, no, now you got me all curious. What was the homework? What, 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 what would you talk not positive about? DC Come Universe on. Decisions. 
Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you, you didn't. Wait. Are you talking about the second issue? I am talking about certain parts of the second issue. The 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 this the part of the second issue that you thought I was going to kick out, going to get a kick out of. I did. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I know you, my brother. Yeah. Um, it, it felt a little forced, but it wasn't bad overall. But uh, there were some other things that just weren't all that hot. And 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 again, for the umpteenth week, there was no talk about air. So for backwards, Dave, we'll try to get back to that. Uh, yeah. There's there's a what David was talking about as I was reading DC Universe Decisions number two. There's a, a sequence in there where Ollie and Hal go at it and actually resort to throwing punches at each other. Really? And they both yeah, it's really cool. They both take their they they draw the line in the sand and Ollie takes the liberal view and 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 calls Hal a you know a, a Nazi. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then and then Hal throws it in Ollie's face. Yeah, you're the last one who should be talking about uh commitment. And uh what did he say? <laughs> about being something faithful. along the yeah, faithful. And uh the fight gets uh broken up by uh, a lady. <laughs> Of all people. And she gets Hal in a headlock. That's the best part of it. That is. That is nice. Yeah. I, I think I would play dead just to get a headlock from this woman. That'd be all right. Yeah, to be Ma Hunkle. <laughs> no. All right. There's some good loving right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we will be back next week. Same time. Same, uh, well, channel, I guess. Uh, join us, please. And while you're at it, pick up Transformers Animated. It's great. And Witchblade. And Dread Force. And d- yes. Yes, Dread Force. Come on. Anybody got any more? <laughs> Don't pick up Spooks Omega Team. Ooh. <laughs> See, the, the, you got, somebody's got to got to pump something because we can't go on on a downer. Buy Queen and Country. Do yourself. Yeah, there we understand. go. Buy some rolls. See ya. Oh, <laughs> Witchblade. Witchblade.